This episode is brought to you by Daniel's Law LLC in Georgia. Visit dlawllc.com. Kerberos Productions. The minds behind the games enter the pit and kaiju a go-go. Search for Kerberos, K-E-R-B-E-R-O-S, on Steam, or go to kerberos-productions.com to check out their growing catalog of titles. Hey there, CrossRip listeners. Welcome to the show. This week, we've got a really good one for you. We're going to be talking about IDW Comics, all of the annual news, all of the 101 news that's fit to print. We'll also be talking about Dan Aykroyd's lovely tribute to Carrie Fisher. It was really great. Oh, speaking of IDW, did you guys see that hardcover that they also just announced? It's got a very interesting name. Chris and I will discuss that as well. Let's see what else we've got. Uh, some merch news, some cosplay news. We're going to talk about the Windy City Ghostbusters. It's a packed one. Buckle up. Here we go. Still playing with toys.net presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely nuts. You never know if I'm going to say something incriminating. Uh, I've been recording this whole time. Uh, say, say that one thing again about you admitting to the murder. All right, Master of Law, let me introduce you to the concept of hearsay. <laughs> Shh, it's okay. Shh. Uh, yeah, all right. Um, I hope I didn't screw up those boards. Screw the boards? I got... I'm literally... St- getting high i'm sitting in a room getting high on the uh the, the <laughs> no. staining spirits they have wait so you're you're two two walls in right two walls i'm finished? basically i'm basically done uh once the stain dries the trouble is is that it's like a small room the the movers filled it with stuff and i started working thinking i had a room and then it got smaller oh. so to paint boards what i did is drop sheet on the ground so they could sit on that and then I put like uh, like uh, frog tape up on the wall so that they can lean against it without leaving paint on the on the wall behind it and I paint them vertically rather than horizontally or on a pair of horses or whatever which is fine for the most part but it makes getting the bottom a little tricky now all the other ones I did worked out fine because I would paint you know the what 1920ths of the board let it dry overnight then flip it around and do the top part and these don't have to be perfect right like because they're going to be covered in my stuff nobody's going to be able to see you know slight little inconsistencies or overlaps or something like that but the last set of boards i did them last night and it was with the last bit of one can Mm. And I started on the new can, mm. and it turns out it's not mixing quite. The turns out it it starts out lighter and then mixes heavier. Like I, I guess maybe I didn't mix it up heavy enough or something, like good enough or something. But so I'm staring at these boards that are you know chocolate on the bottom part and you know lightly braised at the top. <laughs> I'll have to do a few coats at the top, I think. I wait. I I tuned out a band of horses. Wait, what did band you say? Of horse. huh? Band of horses. Band of horses. Oh, pair of horses. Oh, sorry, you said pair, pair of horses. horses. Pair of Boy, horses. you really did. You you technically did. tuned out a little I'm earlier. Sure you did. I said I was like, band of horses. Isn't that the hipster band? Band of horses. Yeah. Ah, anyway, yeah. For for those of you just tuning in, uh, 
Chris is, he, he bought a new house and he's remodeling his basement with a bunch of awesome uh, Ghostbusters collectibles and he's keeping everybody up to date on the uh, the Crossrip Facebook and, and Twitter accounts. So, yes, I am, the, I am the Canadian Bob Vila. Yes, this old basement with Chris Stewart. <laughs> but, anyways, it's, uh, the boards are all cut, they're all, all sanded, they're all mostly stained, meaning that by tomorrow night, all the boards go up. Um, I basically determined like it was going to be one wall is collectibles and then one half wall will be DVD collection right, and one half wall right. will be books and then I started when the one wall was done I started unpacking some of my easy to get at boxes and I'm like nope I'm going to need way more space <laughs> I was going to so say because the photo you posted of just the one wall those shelves are already filled and that's all Ghostbusters collectibles so they're mostly filled it's all yeah. Ghostbusters collectibles and that is maybe maybe an eighth Ooh. of my collection. Now you're going to need a bigger house. I'm going to need a bigger house. Well, that, that does Sorry. it. Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, so I determined that the shelves that were going to be for DVDs will now store a lot of small items. Because things like the uh, the Funko Pops and all that, right? You know, those are like five inches tall or something like that. Yeah. Those yeah. shelves, even though they're much closer together, are good for a little item. So I'll put a lot of little items up there leave the big shelves and even then I went and I think I took a picture you could see I extended from the one wall I the top two continue around onto the next big long wall which is where I was going to put the a TV and that's okay like the TV doesn't need anything above it so I can just put some shelves up there and then I'll flank it on either side with a couple of posters it'll be nice yeah, it'll be it'll nice. come I'm together. Almost there. You can even put some of the DVDs by the TV too, and it, it'll all come. To, you'll like I, what you'll do it, is you'll put everything up, and then it'll be like, "I'm going to move all of that over there." You're going to do that whole sort of <laughs> sorting period where, yeah, yeah. Well, I think the sh- well, yeah, and the thing that made it possible is I, having lived now upstairs in the living room, because this was, <clears throat> I totally had the. <clears throat> the apartment filled with stuff before I I got together with my wife, and then ultimately you know married and you know, started living together and all that. <clears throat> Pardon me. So it, our house for the last last eight years, our apartment was just packed full of stuff. And yeah. the truth of the matter was mostly my stuff. Like I'm a, I'm a book guy, DVD guy and all these collectibles. Like the place was just filled with mostly my, yeah. my crap. I know the feeling. Same here. Yeah. So I, I swore the upstairs, like the, 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 Bedroom is like it would. Be, I would take the magazine approach. It'd be like, what if somebody was coming in from you know Better Homes to take a picture tomorrow? So it's it's it has to be styled. You know what I mean? Like, no, not styled. How do I put this? It, it, it can't just be piles of stuff. It can't is be what piles you're going toward. Of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm the same way. I just, it can't mean, be yeah. piles. I get all weirded out by that. I don't know. Well, I never have a problem with piles, but it it is uh, you know it's not great. So. You know, bedroom's great. It's just, you know, the bed, side tables, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't have eight bookshelves, things like that. The living room we've been living in now for a while and it's, it's, it's nice bare bones and functional and, you know, easy to keep clean. That's the other thing. A house full of stuff, hard to keep clean. True. Of course, yeah. drove the wife crazy. But right behind the living space is one of the dining room spaces. And it, as it turns out, the dining room is fast becoming a 20th century concept. Oh, that's, yeah, like that's a good I, point. Like, I notice more and more 
our generation, that space gets used for other stuff. It becomes like usually, a sitting room or like a yeah. entertaining room as opposed to like, here's a, a proper dining table with yeah. places to sit. Yeah. We have a, yeah, we have a table. Like it's for fancy is what it comes down to. And yeah. none of us are fancy. Unless like, it's like Thanksgiving will, or, or Christmas or like a, a holiday where you have your entire yeah. family over and you need that giant table. Yeah, but, in that, but in that instance, I've found a lot of people, they just get the fold away. And once you cover it with a, a tablecloth and all that, yeah. who gives a crap that Proper. it's not 400 year old oak or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter. Or, and in most cases, when you're having people over, they're close enough to you that you will happily feed them in your kitchen. So for in our case, we have a table that we have four chairs. It sits up against the window wall and we have four chairs around it. That's great for us when we're, you know, uh, eating. If we invite another family over, like, uh, you know, brother-in-law and the the family and all that sort of thing, or my friends for over the years and their families, we pull the table out. We put a bench from Thomas's room. He's got a a little uh, reading bench thing. We put that down there. All of a sudden, six of us can sit around the table. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, that's the that's that's me sauntering around the block to get to the point, which is the we moved in so close to Christmas that we left that space empty going, I don't know that we're going to make it a living room or a dining room, rather. And here comes the Christmas tree. So the Christmas tree lived there for uh, all of December. That's a good point. Now, you need that, that space. Now that, I, yeah, now that I pulled it out, it's a big empty space, and I'd like to keep it a big empty space because it's a nice, clear path to the patio. Right uh, okay. in the backyard, right. but there is a wall in the corner that I'm looking at. Going, that's empty, and that I think <laughs> shelves so, could go there. Yes, hmm. I will not be building them. However, I'm fine with the do-it-yourself. Sure. Well, uh, grog discover fire, yeah. carve flint saw, make you know, make shelves for for toys. Arr, but uh, upstairs, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to buy. I've been measuring it. I'm going to buy a bunch of. Yeah, a bunch of shelves. They'll look great there. And that's where all the books are going. So nice. There you go. See, Problem solved. Yeah, man. That's I've, I feel I've, I'm living vicariously through you because we have a problem <laughs> enough on our dining table when I set up the Firefly board game and I can't fit uh, the entire board on our, our kitchen table because that's that's what we've got. And that's that's right. all we have. So someday yeah. that's what Beach Living in Los Angeles will buy you. But <laughs> well, you got the beach, so got that's that, nice. But, but you can't uh, play board games at the beach. It's just it's no. dreadfully terrible. It's not really conducive to playing board games. So that's why I'm very excited to get this. Like once the shelves are up, that's what I'm excited about. Is I can then uh, start pulling boxes out of the garage that I know are going to be unpacked in here and replacing out the crap that's lying around here that the movers left that shouldn't actually be here. It should be stored in the garage and I can put the big table in place. And that's the thing. Like once I can kind of get things decluttered, you're ready to go. Yeah. I love the big table. Like right now I'm recording on the couch, which isn't even in the right place. Hell, it doesn't (laughs) even have the legs on it. They're they're The big (laughs) chunky legs legs are in boxes somewhere in the garage. So I'm just sort of sitting on this legless couch. You give the couch legs, then it gets possessed, and it runs away. I've seen this episode of Real <laughs> Ghostbusters. That's what happens if you give the couch legs. So yeah, don't you take do the it. Leg, you take the legs off, though, and it's just sort of... Actually, they're not even legs. What do you call it? Like the There's stubs. little stumps. Yeah. It just sort of wobbles around. <laughs> and, and, and I've learned from going to uh, Home Depot that there is actually a section just off of the wood section where you can buy replacement stubs of various styles. And I'm staring at them going, they standardized... Stubs. Uh, well, you know, for couches. Sometimes couches need extra pairs of legs or <laughs> a leg. 
at that man. Exactly. Like, like it's either the nuts who build their own couches, and I'm like, who builds their own couch? Or it's somebody who broke this the one of the nubs off of theirs. And I'm like, who manages to break a, a stub off their couch? Yeah. I mean, Bob, Bob Vila probably makes his own couches. If you're going to be the Bob Vila of Canada, actually, isn't Bob Vila Canadian? Now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, I don't know. Dave Holmes is. Do you have Holmes on Holmes? We do. We do have Holmes on Holmes. He's but, Canadian, I believe. Hmm. I don't know about uh, Bob Vila. I feel Maybe like Bob Vila is Canadian. But anyway. I, I will say this. Home Depot, computerized key cutting. Oh. It is super magic now. Oh, that's so cool. Key cutting like they, is one of those fascinating things to me. Yeah. Welcome to the Key Cutting Podcast. You know what? If Sony's listening, find the people who like make the the character keys. I would get I would I would get triplicates of house keys that I'll never need, just so I could have house keys with like the Ghostbusters logo on them or Slimer or something like that. It seems like a missed promotional opportunity to have keys that are the key master and the gatekeeper. Like that's one thing that has always eluded me, and I'm not entirely sure why they've never like. So somebody out there has had to, have, even on Etsy, somebody has has to have done this. But that is so on the nose. I'll I'll allow it. It's like, that's the thing. It's so on the nose. It's so in plain sight. I can't believe that it hasn't been done. That's why it's <laughs> baffling to me. But uh, just a line of Lewis Tully keys. Yeah, exactly. Just if it's a Vincent Zool key, that would be. I'd give one to Kelly, one to me, and it would be great. That's his and her Aww, keys to the house. Exactly. Key master gatekeeper. Sells itself. Again, we're printing gold for all of the marketing and licensing uh, people that may be listening to this. They're not listening to this. But they're not listening to this, no. No, no. But if they were, they would know that we're going to talk a lot about merchandising in this episode. It's kind of a light week, but there's a lot of good merch news and some good yeah. promotional tie-in stuff that we're going to talk about. So it's their loss. They could be listening to this, but they're not. Guys, Him. <clears throat> no, they're not going to listen. Yeah. <clears throat> You sound better though. Now I'm the one that yeah. sounds sick. I'm nasal. I think I think I'm there. <laughs> You're almost my there. My nose is a, my nose is a little stuffy. I have the the random uh, 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 surprise the ninja sneeze out of nowhere. Here sitting around ninja sneeze. It's like oh my god. <laughs> Where did that come from? Which one of you hit me? <laughs> <laughs> and the energy is mostly good. Oh, good. All right. uh, the only tired I've had lately is just that I've been busy and kind of staying up late and all that, oh, as opposed man. to the the constant. I'm completely dragging. The only just thing that's always left is, tired. Yeah, my office is on the fourth floor of an old building downtown with no elevator. Oof. And it's good stairs. That, yeah, well, it's it's good cardio. Good and cardio. Let's just say that after a month and a half of fighting this thing, like it was tough once work came back in and I started, you know, going back to work because I couldn't. I was like, I was Ooh. hiring Sherpas to help me get up there, right? <laughs> like it was. Call the uh, interns and have them carry me up the stairs. Oh my god! <laughs> and but again, another sign that I think I'm feeling better is I get to the top and the cardio is in bad shape, and and I don't even. It's not like. I don't even think it's like uh, I'm not I'm not working cardio. Although it's part of it, I think it's literally my lungs are just like, just give us a moment, please. <laughs> like we had a rough December, so just I'll have give to us beat a break. that back into shape. Give us a break. Well, that's good. I'm I'm glad to hear you're on the men, man. This is 2017 is is looking up. The doomsday clock has not regressed to half an hour <laughs> today. No, and I was listening to a podcast. Oh, uh, the uh, you should. Uh, you should love uh, wrestling podcast. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever listened to it? I haven't, but I know of it. Yeah, it's 
and they had one where they got to the end and one of the guys insisted that he thought the flu shot was for idiots and he was never going to have one. I'm like, oh, you fool. Oh, you young fool. <laughs> we got corrected on our flu shot talk by uh, no, one of our, get, our, our good listeners out there. We and, got taught by a liver stealer. Yeah, yeah liver stealer. Was it liver stealer? Yeah, I think it, and that was the best part about it was that it was liver stealer too. It was like, let me yeah. tell you about medical stuff here, guys. Yeah, he, the best part is he, he he's explaining lymphocytes. It's like I know how the white blood vessels, the blood cells work. I know about them. It's like, how do they learn? What is the like? Is it dead virus? What the hell is it? Like the mechanism of it's the other half I didn't get, and he he filled me in. And he then still I still didn't I went, talk about mini terminators. So no. And he yeah. won't tell me about the eggs, so well, whatever. See, see, he filled me in. The great part about Twitter is <sighs> it's, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like uh, really motivational wiki. <laughs> it really is. It really it, is. Here's 140 characters. It will not explain it, but it will get you interested enough to go to full Wikipedia, which is where I went. And here's the thing. You ready? So they monitor, uh, I guess, Asia for the most part to watch the flu strain show up. They pick what they think are the three most likely ones to make a run for uh, the rest of us. And they put those three in uh, eggs. That's how they um, they breed chicken, them. Chicken like eggs, though, right? Chicken Isn't eggs. that where this yep. came from? Okay, got it. Yep. And I guess when you get the flu shot, you're not getting – I always thought it was a shot. At, I thought they were guessing, like, that's most likely the one it will be. And I'm like, wow, that's really rolling the dice. No, it turns out they, they picked the three most likely. And when you get your flu jab, uh, and Wikipedia said that, sometimes called the jab. I'm like, what? Sometimes when you get the jabs. The jabs. Anyways, uh, it's three. They're, they're priming you for potentially one of uh, – or three different uh, – uh, flu influenza viruses that might show up or so, they're injecting you with a super virus that's comprised of three different flus no you're not no, listening just, it's I, three I, mini <laughs> terminators we thought it was one oh it's see, three again mini term that's it's all i gotta the say it's, mini it's the 1000 and uh what was the lady one in the the third one the x tx was it the tx i think it was the tx i don't I really like remember the third, the third one, one. Really? I, I kind of liked Chris it. Chris Hardwick was in it. That's all I really remember. <laughs> oh, oh, and Claire Danes was in it. Claire and, Danes was in it. Yeah, and, I gotta uh, rewatch that one. That that one and Terminator uh, Salvation, those two are kind of blank spots for me. <laughs> Actually, Gen- now that I think of Genesis is a blank spot for me, too, and I saw that one once. So it's basically a, anything be- after T2 is just like, what? I don't remember. I don't, I yeah. don't recall. I um, was wandering the movie uh, thing on Apple, and there's one there. It's it's a Rotten Tomatoes 67, which is the threshold by which I go. I think I might give that a shot. And it's called Kill Command. And it's set like uh, like <laughs> the day after tomorrow. So it's and it's the st- so it's the stuff I love. It's milita- future military stuff, but instead of we got lasers and hover boots, it's we're still wearing our digital camo. Like we're wearing the stuff that we're starting to adopt now, okay. but they've looked at popular, you know, popular, that, that issue of popular mechanics with you know, the warrior of tomorrow. And they kind of put some of those weapons into play. Cause the thing is, is like, everybody's like in the future in 20 years from now, there'll be future soldiers. And it's like, they're not going to look a hell of a lot different than the ones of today. They'll just have one or two great, you know, cooler gadgets. They're all so going to wear Google glass. Something like that, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, take the guys that you see in the papers now, yeah, and give them like a super PDA or something like that, because that's basically what we're going for. And so they have these cool soldiers, um, 
And the premise is that they're called in on training exercises against these uh, robots. And they're uh, an advanced algorithm where they analyze tactics and then retrain themselves to respond. And they're kind of like, uh, it's the thing, we can't do Terminators now, so it has to be hard tech. Like, it has to be it has to be like the T-1000 without the, the or the T-800 without the, the flesh on it. Okay. It has to be a yeah. metal robot with gears and levers and all sense. that. So it's, yeah, more achievable. So, yeah. yeah. But they go, uh, they kind of seem to be sprouting a bit of sentience. So it's a fight of uh, humans who are, they have slightly more advanced weapons than we have now versus super killer Terminator robots. And I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> Say no it's more. Good enough. Say no more. Hmm. Aren't we supposed right. to be talking about Ghostbusters? Oh yeah, I guess we are. Well, we can, we can we'll have to we'll have to do our uh, B movie podcast uh, later. I've been watching a lot of Comet TV recently. We watched Real oh, Men with John Ritter and Jim Belushi. Great movie. Totally forgot I'm so about it. You. Comet it's, TV. Uh, Comet TV. I think you can stream it up there. You Comet, say that, Comet and TV. I can't find com. it. All right. Well, or Comet. I think it's CometTV.com. Yeah. Anyway, look it up. I'll Comet find TV. It. I'll find uh, it. It's, it's up there for it. the taking. But you're right. We should be talking about Ghostbusters. This is a Ghostbusters podcast, and we're like 20 <laughs> minutes in. There's been for like brief, a Ghostbusters reference. For a brief second, we turned into a Yes, Have Some podcast, <laughs> where we're just I love talking about guys. anything and everything. Which is, which is the beauty of the Yes, Have Some podcast. I love I those know. guys. Uh, I, but, I, tuned, I, I tune into them, and I'm like, why don't they talk about Ghostbusters more? This is weird. Oh, what, what is this? They're talking about Stephen King and all sorts of fun stuff. and <laughs> Podcasts right. that don't talk about Ghostbusters? Right. Surely not. That's us. That's our job. <laughs> Stay with, off our, our corner, punks. <laughs> Get off our Kool-Aid. All right, so without any further ado, let's talk some Ghostbusters. Here's the news. Hey, guys. Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. Chris, let's start this week uh, the news items with the same news item that we started with last week. Uh, the Ghostbusters IDW annual, the 2017 <laughs> annual. I can't figure this damn thing out, we man. We shouldn't have to. I don't, Why are we still- I, like if if I'm confused, retailers have to be. I, I know that poor uh, you know uh, Dapper Dan and Eric and probably even Tom Waltz at this point are like, when does this thing come out? I have no yeah. idea. Um, I know. I, so, I made a point of going to the store and it wasn't there, and I asked, and the guy just looked confused. Yeah, so. it wasn't there, and then we had started hearing uh, that it would come out on the 25th. Um, instead of the February date that we had heard last right. week that we told you guys about. So I was ready for, I even checked the app to make sure that it was on there. It wasn't on there. So it didn't come out on the 25th, obviously, because we're having this conversation right now. Uh, and right now the IDW site just lists, uh, the release date as February. So I think even IDW yeah. has given up at this point, like diamond, figure your stuff out. Uh, this thing's coming out. The, the only thing that I can think of, but it doesn't make sense if this is in Diamond's court. It would make more sense if IDW was dictating the release date, is that they're yeah. waiting for Ghostbusters 101 hype to kind of reach peak velocity. And that's when the annual comes out. Like maybe because the, I think 101 comes out in March. And yeah. so maybe they want that release in February so that it kind of gears people up for the next series. I, that's... That's the only thing I can think of, but I think it's just all on Diamond and it's some sort of weird shipping issue. I mean, in, uh, conspiratorially, IDW could just be throwing Diamond under the bus, 
something's come up and they're like, just blame it on Diamond. <laughs> but it seems like Diamond would be in a perfect position to go, it was us, huh? Be a shame if, you know, the next year worth of books ended up in a gutter somewhere. Yeah, um, all of your books are delayed now. <laughs> That's the power that Diamond uh, yeah. uh, Distributors has, by the way. No, I don't know. It's And it's a weird one. Like, why? Like, Diamond doesn't care. Like, Diamond does little shipments and diamond does big shipments. Like if it's a busy week, they'll get everything there. So what could conceivably hold it up? Yeah. You know it's strange. I mean? Like, I mean, unless there was a delay, like there, they could have trickled down. Maybe there was a delay in production at the printers and then that trickled down to shipping to the distributor. And then that trickled down from the distributor getting to the stores. And then they delayed the digital release and everything to coincide with that. And, God yeah. only knows. I have no idea. But uh, well, I mean, that's that's potentially it. Like maybe they only got part of it. Like if there's a print problem and they the prints delayed, or they only you know they got half an order in and then they're waiting on the rest. Like yeah, diamond, you don't want to do a half order and then all of these retailers don't get it on the release date or something too. That's also although, true. Frankly, thinking back, I can think of a number of times diamond has happily sent some items to some stores and not others. <laughs> and so not others, not fulfilling maybe that orders. Yeah. Maybe that doesn't work either. I guess what we're saying is Diamond Select will never be a sponsor of this. Well, it's not Diamond Select, it's Diamond Distributors. This should be disclaimed. Diamond, Diamond Select is their own entity, and they are wonderful with all of their Ghostbusters merchandise that they provide. But That's Diamond right. Distributors, who is the comic wing... Yeah, they're they're the ones that are messing this up. It sounds like so. At, at any rate, I think the good news is what they've done is uh, Tom Waltz, uh, Dapper Dan, uh, Eric Burnham. All of them have been posting some really great Ghostbusters 101 materials. In the meantime, I think this is kind yeah. of like to not to make amends for the delay, but also to kind of just keep our our appetites uh, wet for what's coming because to distract us and to distract us. No, it's 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 working if that's the case because the distractions yeah, are so all right, let's talk let's let's kind of go through it. Uh Tom Waltz posted two pages of unlettered art, colored but unlettered art uh that show us Holtzman and Patty. Um and then the other page shows us uh Winston and Peter which strangely there's a, a fire hydrant with pink slime that's erupting I in know. that second page. So I wanted to talk to you about that because that's, that's intriguing to me, but first let's, let's talk about the characterizations of the, the answer, the call uh, ladies, because they look great. I think they yeah. look, especially Holtzman. I've seen everybody change their profile photos. I think the, the dapper Dan Holtzman has been uh, embraced wholeheartedly here. Yes. Uh, and technically, she's been the one he's been working on longest because the, the minute they started putting out uh, photos for the movie, That's he true. started doodling her. So Those were Dan's warm-up sketches, yeah. Character study-wise, he started a year and a half ago. So. Yeah, he, he had a little bit of time to start working on his Holtzman. <laughs> but, uh, but but I think regardless, the, the artwork, everything sort of blends in really well. I feel like the, the Answer the Call characters are going to fit into the IDW-verse really well. Yeah. Um, and, and point in case, because there's been a couple of splash pages that they've released in the last uh, 24 hours as well. There was the Breakfast Club one, which was not Dapper Dan that was one of the other artists and I'm I'm blanking on which artist did that one. It's it's the the iconic Breakfast Club one sheet poster with uh Janine kind of laying out in the Molly Ringwald uh position, which is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, Dan's having a wonderful time playing with that because it's like Molly Ringwald, 
Well, who wears a dress and has red hair? That would be Janine. <laughs> Judd Hirsch, leather jacket and fingerless leather gloves. Who does that? Oh, Holtzman. That's Holtzman. You know? Yeah, exactly. It, just, it all falls into place beautifully. Uh, so there was that one, and then there was the one that Tom J- literally this this evening as we're recording this posted up a splash page um, asking people to guess that movie poster, and it was a splash page with all of the Ghostbusters, including uh, Ron Alexander and Melanie Ortiz and... Uh, a very familiar uh, Kenner vehicle, like B vehicle, like one of those, uh, whatever they were called, the mini mini rigs, or uh, yeah. no, like that was Star Wars, that was mini rigs. That sort of like the cheaper <laughs> versions of the Ecto ones. They never really called them anything, but we can call them mini rigs. Yeah, we can they were kind of Star mini rigs. Wars. It was like you know the the Ecto two I would consider a mini rig. Uh, this was yep. the. I believe this was the Ecto three. Three, isn't it? Isn't it on the plate? I think that's the Ecto three. It's the one that has yeah. the the fly swatter grabbers. They called it like the ghost grabber on the front. Yeah. Because then there and was the, the Ecto five thousand, which was the race car one with the giant smokestacks on it. Yeah. The picture had uh, the copter in the back too, though, didn't it? And yes, it did. It had the Ecto two yeah. in the background. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of a. a a great mashup of all of the classic uh, Ghostbusters and new Ghostbusters, which is awesome. Now, what was that movie poster, Chris? Did you recognize it? That was I Tom's question. It. What What was it? I, f- I felt like it might have been It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World, but... No, no. <laughs> but then it there's like the money. It looks like there's like the Brewster's Millions uh, pose that I can't, I can't remember. I don't have it in front of me, but there's a character in the top left that's holding like the stack of money. It's the two, uh, uh, Kylie and, um, whoever was the other, uh, buster on the side hold, holding up quote unquote, the, the, the panel in the back. Oh, it took right. me a while. It's, it's from the cannibal run. Oh God, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Cause it, it had the, the, the Adrian Barbeau was it and her partner. At the sides? Yep, yep. I'm pulling it up right now just to look at it. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then the cars and all that bursting through and Jamie Farr and everybody. like Because it was that oh. cast of thousands era in the 80s, right? So. Right. Well, that's why I was thinking Mad, Mad, Mad World because that was a little prior to the 80s. But you're right. It was <coughs> it was the people holding the thing up in the background. It's Janine and Kylie who are holding up the sort of backdrop that everybody is on. Yeah. Oh my God. It is cannibal run. Cannonball. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. So anyway, so, uh, also another good spread. Now the one that also really intrigued me, Tom, Tom's just on a tear. He's just on, if you don't follow Tom Waltz on Twitter, you're really missing out because he just keeps posting all of this gold, but he posted a photo, one of those big panoramic photos. Two. Of, two? Sorry. Cannonball run two. Oh, cannonball run two. Yeah, I looked up the poster now, and that's exactly. Oh man, still deep, deep cuts here. Like, and it wasn't run, Adrian Barbeau. It was, it was. Uh, what's her name? Daisy Duke. Um, Bach. Um, uh, yeah, why am I blanking on Daisy Duke's name too? Ms. Bach. Again, this is the great thing about what we were just saying uh, in the opening of the show. Uh, somebody's going to tweet it at us. I don't even need to look it up. Somebody's going to tell us what it was. So. <laughs> I already did, but yeah, the, the composition is exactly the same. They're holding up, the two of them are holding up the poster. 
principles at the top, uh, secondaries around it, and then yeah, a bunch of vehicles busting through the middle. Ah, Cannonball Run Two. Cannonball Run so, Two. <laughs> because why go with Cannonball One when it can go with <laughs> Cannonball Run Two? Well, you know, it's it's uh, probably more accessible than Smoking the Bandit Two, but uh, true. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so uh, so Cannonball. The thing, I love the I love Burt Reynolds. I just I need to see those again. Yeah, I'm just, that was the one with the Jackie Bandit Chan one that holds up. Cannibal Run Two yeah. had Jackie Chan in it. Yes, Jackie Chan in it, yeah. which is uh, and Richard Keel. Oh my God, Richard Keel! All right, anyway, <laughs> again we're, we're venturing off topic. <laughs> We've lost the yes back have to some Ghostbusters. Back to Ghostbusters. Poor bands, yes have some. Yeah. So, uh, so Mr. Tom Waltz posted uh, all eight of the interlocking covers, the main yes. primary covers, so that we have this awesome panoramic. We can see all of the characters. We're also I'm understanding or assuming that some of these characters are new because uh just to the right of patty are two new female characters that i don't recognize uh and then to the right of ray is another male character that i don't recognize just in front of janine is mr michael tanaka so shout out to mr michael t for being on a cover of a ghostbusters uh idw release good job man yeah no kidding right um but yeah i mean this this is one of these things that um Dan, I tweeted at you and you didn't respond, so I'm going to say it on the podcast. I want a print of this. <laughs> yeah. I, I want something to... I, the whole thing, the whole landscape as one giant print. That's... Throwing yeah, that out there to the universe. Sell it to us as a print, or if you want to get old, real old school, next year's annual, uh, put it in as a, like a you know, like free a poster inside. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the old now in. comics model, like start selling me with that poster in the middle. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or uh, seal it up in a bag like it's 94. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going to have Mylar variants and here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so anyway, so we've got our first look here at these characters that, you know, we, we spoke last week about the uh, not Roland, but possibly Roland character who's going to be on issue one. Um, yeah. But I think these other two college student e looking uh, characters that are uh, just in between Patty and Ray are going to be our our two new characters that are introduced. And I, I mean, unlike Roland, who at least the hair is sort of identifiable as as like, oh, I think that's actually Roland. I don't recognize either of these characters. Do you? I don't. I don't think we're supposed to know who these guys are. No. Right? And frankly, I'm starting to hit that point where I've just stopped looking into it too hard because i just kind of want to at this point now i want to take it as i get it yeah yeah exactly i'm i'm kind of i'm good like that for movies too like well we're so close i mean march is coming so it's It's um now what what i also think is interesting because we have the ley lines from ghostbusters answer the call Uh that are very specifically drawn out here uh, and then we also have uh, Central Park outlined with, you know, I think there are hints and clues here because there are like the Strangers Gate, the Pioneers Gate, uh, the Cleopatra's Needles or Cleopatra's Needle Obelisk. Um, yeah, I get a sense that it sounds like you're kind of getting the same sense, correct? I'm going to speak for you. Yeah, speak, speak for me because <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to zoom in on its Twitter. So you can't really zoom in on the no, actual... And it's a, it, it got uh, compressed yeah. a bit by being posted, unfortunately. But uh, I get the impression that that's going to be... Uh, I know they've got the machine and they've used it a couple of times now to to breach the walls, like both for the Turtles and the RGB right, universe. Right, right. The portal, I get so to the, speak, yeah. Yeah, I get... I mean, that may still play into it, but I get the impression that the crossover between the two teams 
seems to come about a bit more with the whole concept of the ley lines or energy lines running around Manhattan Island. So yeah. I'm kind of excited by that because I think that's a really cool way to then link a uh, movie to not the other movie universe, but to the comic universe. To the comic universe, yeah. I mean, that to me, that was always sort of the, that that was the door that I was hoping, hoping, this is how tired I am, Chris. <laughs> hoping. Hoping. That was my hoping. favorite uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie. Oh, uh, uh, the twist Wahlberg. at the end was the just, <laughs> it was plants. It was plants. Um, <laughs> sorry. This is, we're both sleep deprived at this point. I'm sorry, guys. But uh, so anyway, I was hoping, hoping for those hoping. of you playing home game, uh, I was hoping that the the door that the movie was was opening there was, you know, when, when the barrier smashes down, multiple realities could have merged or crossed over or maybe some tears still exist in the barrier. And I'm wondering yeah. if that's what they're kind of getting toward here was that that rift in the barrier created some sort of merging of the timelines again with the whole what's Zool at the end of the movie. I, that's kind of what I thought they were leaving open for the sequel was, yeah, uh, Oh, Hey, Zool. Now they've heard like echoes of the past or some sort of a ping from the past. Uh, and yeah. it's all kind of merging into one. So that's, that's kind of the direction I'm hoping they take it in, hoping well, they take it into hoping. I, I mean, you have to imagine that if they tear open a, uh, a city crossroads sized hole to the ghost dimension uh, you know big enough to tear down what a quarter of a city block like with the building falling into it and all that you know vibrationally speaking that's got to impact you know the nearby New York's something uh, yeah a, a little bit yeah so I, I, I think there's a lot of room there for our side ghostbusters to uh, like as in old school Ghostbusters to go then meet their you know go to their haunt site yeah in the wherever the Mercado is roughly the same area because you know there is this uh, overlap or bleed through or whatever you want to call it I'm actually I'm pulling it back up oh no okay never mind forget that it's the Mercado is closer to Times Square that's that's obvious from the movie okay I was gonna say I wonder if the Mercado is like a block away from 55 central park West or something. And that's, that's where we're going with this. But, uh, so no, but uh, wait, hang on there. Oh. Remember the unlettered uh, panel is them in a park. So imagine say, for example, their team gets called to the vibrational overbleed from the movie universe's biggest, uh, breakthrough, which was, uh, Gozer and the Gozer's temple and the, the, temple door opening yeah good point yeah so maybe both of them get to go you know why the hell is this stuff happening and then oh it's the it's the kids next door yeah and then they all have lunch at the tavern at the green tavern on the (laughs) the green yeah (laughs) i'm just excited about pink slime coming back well okay uh, so yeah that's that's let's go back to that so why do you think the pink slime factors into this let's speculate just for a second here is there because the pink slime has become sort of uh, associated with the uh, mood slime, the psychomagnetic slime. Some, some uh, way, somehow, negative positive energy is manifesting this slime. That's that's my take from it. So yes, Vigo the Carpathian, maybe. Do you think Vigo's involved? Hmm. Or well, is it just no. is it just a, a physical manifestation of of mood in the air again? Like people's positive and negative emotions are affecting the underground slime levels. 
Maybe. I don't know. I think there's enough room there that if you just want to make reference to it, too, that perhaps there's flare-ups. If you have a whole... Because that the 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 thinking was is that this was everywhere underground Manhattan Island, right, right. So it's quite possible that it still exists. It, well, they also made the suggestion that it's self growing or replicating. Like uh, it didn't just move, but some you know it expanded upon itself and all that to, as the you know bad juju or whatever you want to call it feeds it. Yeah. So like yeah. you know. That, that's that's just off the top of my head. I'm like, well, maybe maybe it's just a nice callback, and they are you know out. There's a pocket somewhere, and uh, that's they, they then have to deal with. I don't it's, know. it's yeah, it's underneath some place that's had really negative energy that's yeah. been like like a, a DMV or something where everybody is just miserable and hates life and is stressed out. It's just been manifesting and manifesting Man. underneath them. <laughs> Uh, so, all right. Well, that's that's uh, that's one thing I'm anxious to see. I'm wondering if Vigo plays into this, or if it's just a, a psychomagnetic slime, or maybe the slime just happens to be pink, and we're reading way too much <laughs> into this. But Dan uh, does love Vigo, and again, he, he certainly doodled him enough yeah. that uh, given half a chance, he'd like to bring him back. Well, and knowing that the Cryptozoic game is is still in the pipeline, which we'll talk about in a little bit here, but it's uh, true. Yes. But before we get to that, let's let's continue our IDW uh, marathon here because. I feel like we have to address something that was also announced this week because I feel kind of responsible for it, Chris. I'm, I mean, I can't help. I, I want to take credit for this. I want <laughs> you and I to sort of live in this moment and bask in the glow of this. Uh-huh. Uh, the new hardcover has been announced. The new big omnibus. You know, we had our total containment. Uh, we had our mass hysteria. And now we have our interdimensional cross rip. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm sure it's it's just coincidence. Uh, it's, given, given that we took it from the movie, yeah, yeah, yeah it's just it's no. But again, I, I, I just I want to like thump the chest just a little bit here because That's, yes, it's there's where, nothing that says we can't claim it though, right? Like, I remember some people were like, "You named your podcast the what? Yeah, who's laughing now? People who's laughing now." Mm-hmm. Although I like the one person who pointed out theirs has a hyphen in it. It like, <sighs> would come on, okay, yeah. <laughs> It's a proper, it's, first of all, it's all techno jargon. Second of all, (laughs) it is a proper noun, does not need to be hyphenated anyway. So, uh, yeah, so it is, it is the interdimensional cross hyphen rip. That's how you can differentiate the hardcover from the podcast that you're listening to, because I'm sure it's going to get very difficult to to keep the two apart. Yeah, Uh, and a beautiful uh, ecto in the... Ecto, in the garage yeah, doors. Uh, I think Dan Dan was the one who confirmed, or maybe it was Tom. Uh, the entire book is ecto themed, so I'm I'm looking forward to opening that up and seeing what's inside uh, in terms of the ectomobile. Um, it is 380 pages, which contains wow. uh, Ghostbusters Get Real, the 2015 <laughs> annual Ghostbusters International one through eleven, an introduction from Ivan Reitman. And then, if I would imagine correctly, there was also a lot of bonus material in the back of the other two hardcovers. So there, there's probably yeah. more coming there. So 50 bucks, this is well worth it. And it comes out September 26th, which is five days after a certain somebody's birthday. And that certain somebody's Bill Murray. So buy him multiple oh. copies because I'm sure he'll want it. Uh, but yeah, this this is awesome. Uh, those the, the hardcovers... Uh, IDW doesn't mean hardcover, man. Like I, yeah. if everybody did their hardcovers like IDW, I would just I would love life so much more. <laughs> IDW does 
hardcovers so well, they're doing other people's hardcovers. They really are. They're like, hey, Marvel, <laughs> let us do your artist edition <laughs> That's books. Right. That, uh, that thing that you're never going to do, can yeah, we? we'll do that for you. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> the the Turtles Ultimate Collection hardcovers, the Ghostbusters Total Containment Collections. Um, yep just so good. And they're, they're a lot easier to read than the Marvel omnibuses I found. Like those things are just, you have to sit at a table and read them like you're at a library. It's, it's really weird. But anyway, so these are a bit more accessible, definitely accessible. And it's, it's really high quality again for 50 bucks. You can't beat the price. So, um, September third hardcover that, that is in addition to the, uh, turtles hardcover that's coming out, which I believe is coming soon, right? That's like April right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Michael, uh, I'm looking for that email. It's coming. I think it's April. Uh, but yeah, so the turtles hardcover is a secondary hardcover, but it's not like the big tome like this. It is a deluxe version. They're going to put a lot of cool stuff into it, but yeah, um, that one aimed at the turtle fans just as much as at the Ghostbuster fans. Just the crossover for both. But, um, so yeah, yeah, so, uh, very cool stuff coming from IDW. Hopefully that annual will be out next week and we can talk about that Hopefully. at great length soon. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter and Facebook because once that thing actually drops, we'll make sure to let everybody know so you can go buy it before it disappears again. Uh, let's talk about... Oh, you know what? Uh, did you see Dan Aykroyd's... Um, not an obituary, but like a tribute to Carrie Fisher that he did in uh, Empire Magazine. Did you get a chance to read that, Chris? I read a little bit of it. It's, I mean, it was very short, but it was very sweet. It was very, yeah. it was, it was a story that I don't think a lot of people knew. I certainly did not know a lot about their relationship. Um, and it was very personal. I mean, you never, like Dan has gotten to the point where he kind of does his verbose, um, adjective 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 verb noun like that's like his sentence structure now yeah uh and he didn't do that in this this was very sort of um it was well wrought it was uh very thought out and very uh, poignant i mean it was it was really it was great to hear dan kind of speaking from the heart about something again um but uh, so, so for those of you who haven't read it, I'll just I'll sort of give you the Cliff's Notes version. So Dan Aykroyd talks about how he had met Carrie Fisher through uh, John Belushi. The two of them made each other laugh, uh, and they eventually fell in love when they were filming Blues Brothers. They proposed, um, which according to the Gilbert Gottfried podcast, happened on the set of Blues Brothers, which he doesn't address. I really want to know that. So. Uh, let's make a, a, a note here, Chris, when we ever get to have Dan on this podcast, we have to talk to him about that. Uh, or, at least, or at least tell him to hurry up and write his damn biography. Write the, write the memoirs, man. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, apparently according to Gilbert Gottfried, uh, Carrie Fisher was choking on a Brussels sprout and Dan Aykroyd gave her the Heimlich maneuver and then proposed to her there on the spot, whether it was all uh, engineered and staged, I don't know, but that's, that's the story. So, uh, so at any rate, so they get engaged, they have this wonderful sort of courting period, they buy each other rings, they get the blood tests taken, um, and then Dan talks about this very sort of touching story that um, John Belushi's wife, uh, Judith, bought them a house, and the house was a terrible fixer-upper that was disgusting, and as soon as Carrie Fisher saw that, she said, peace out, I'm going back to New York, and that's why she left Dan Aykroyd <laughs> now. I'm sure there was a lot more to that. And in fact, the last two lines say also she was in love with, um, Paul Simon. 
so, you know, just again, sort of talks about their romance and the things that she loved and the things that they loved about each other. And it, it's, it's one of those things that chokes me up. I mean, I, I, I don't know either of these people in real life. Like I've met Dan twice for 30 seconds each. I <laughs> never got to meet Carrie Fisher, but the fact that the two of these people had such a, a kinship for each other really, it, you know, it struck, struck a chord. I got, I got a little, I got that little thing in your throat, you know, when you're like choking back the tears and yeah. it's, uh, she was pretty sad. young at the time. Yes, she was very young, but but so were for John and Dan around the time well, of Blues Brothers. They were in their mid thirties, right? Early thirties. Yeah, 30s. But she she would have been mid twenty, mid to early twenties. Is that? Oh, I guess that's true because she was only like nineteen when they 19, did the original Star Wars, 70, right? Seventy-six when they filmed Star Wars. So yeah. okay, you take yeah, it uh, right. when so it's Blues like Brothers eighty-five, two Blues yeah. Brothers eighty-one, eighty-two, something like that. Uh, and you figure this was shortly thereafter, you know, maybe a, a year or the yeah, year of. So, so it's just one of those things. Dan, obviously, at the uh, settling down point, but I think I don't think she she was obviously. Well, given well, that, well. that what we just explained is that she went from like Harrison Ford to whomever <laughs> to Dan Aykroyd to, <laughs> to Paul, Paul Simon, Simon. Uh, um, and then from Paul Simon to her agent, uh, where she had her daughter Billy, and you know, yeah. She, she, yeah, she, I don't think she ever settled down, Carrie Fisher. Yeah, very young, very you know, still still figuring things out. Um, whereas Dan, you know, well, it is what it is. He met uh, he met Donna Dixon, who he hasn't left. That's very he, true. Least, he so he kind of had his uh, you know his uh, summer fling or whatever you want to call it there, which is you know delightful to think about. But uh, uh, yeah. Did, then he wait, went on to, to make spies like us. I was going to say, uh, did Ackroyd make spies like us before he met Donna Dixon or did they meet on spies like us? They met on spies like us. Okay, there we go. All right. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't remember if it was before or during, but uh, <clears throat> I, I know because, uh, <laughs> because in my head I'm like, that must be a weird one because all she did was fawn around and, uh, uh, make out <laughs> on screen at least with, uh, with um, Joe Flaherty, wasn't it? No, uh, no, Chevy Chase on screen. Chevy Ch- oh, that's right. But she's she's the Russian. Uh, she's one of the Russian operatives that dances to Soulfinger, right? Isn't yeah, that she's, how they the, meet them? she's the yeah. the blonde Russian. That's Been a while since I've seen Spies Like Us. I'm sorry to say, but, who hooks uh, up with? Uh, oh, why? I love that movie. It's just been a while since I've watched it. <laughs> Again, another movie that shows off Aykroyd's uh, love of techno babble and government uh, bureaucracy. And yes, stuff. yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And we've wandered into yes, have some. Time, I right? know. All right. Well, let's we'll keep it's us on track. Thing. But it, let's, I don't let's... say that as a bad thing. But for two people who are like, let's keep it tight, so we can, like <laughs> pass out. We're, ca- we're going to keep it to a tight hour. Here we are at forty-eight minutes, and we've got a lot of rundowns. So. Uh, we'll, We'll move on to the next item because it is kind of nostalgic as well. You got to yeah. watch the first, well, I think it's just a 13-minute chunk of uh, yes. Cleaning Up the Town, the documentary from the Boinos, uh, long, yeah. long in the making. I think it's eight-plus years at this point, but you know, well well worth it. They're still collecting interviews. They're still cutting. They're still getting archival. They're, they're really putting stuff together. Um, for those of you that are new to the podcast, uh, Cleaning Up the Town is a fan funded fan produced uh, documentary about 
the making of Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 that about, I want to say three or four weeks ago, they announced is going to be split into two movies, which I think documentaries, documentaries, which I think is a good move because uh, the original cut, they said clocked in at like five hours or something like that, because you're talking about two movies, two very separate and distinct stories. Um, And, and also, I, I lurk the GB fans boards. I saw somebody out there say something to the effect of like, well, what is there to tell about the making of Ghostbusters that hasn't been told before? And I think oh. it was in that voice. I think it was in that exact voice too. Uh, oh, you fool. Um, there is quite a bit. There is quite a, I mean, uh, full, full disclosure and to announce bias to everybody. I, I have, uh, contributed to this, this, uh, documentary in a very small shape or form. So I, I do have a little bit of a personal bias toward it, but um, I do as well. I mean, I've been you know, talking to Anthony yeah, on I think and off for years. A lot with of us they, have. Yeah. I actually got interviewed for it. I'm not going to be in it. But early on, when they thought there might be an angle for talking to fans, right, they actually, right. I, I sat down with them for about 40 minutes in in Burbank there somewhere and um, uh, chit-chatted with them for a while. Like, if you watch the trailer, I'm in there somewhere, like one of those tiny little figures. So, you know, full, uh, full disclosure on that Let's end, see, too. Yeah, I have been watching this one come down the pipe. <laughs> I think, we, I think we all have. This is one, and, and there's a good reason for it. To answer that GB fans post, uh, there are lots of stories that we do not know. And in lots. fact, we, we see these in Cleaning Up the Town. Um, in that 13 minutes, I mean, Chris, what, what struck you about that 13 minutes that uh, they, because I should rewind a little bit. What they did is for people who have backed them on Kickstarter, um, because it's been such a long process, they sent as sort of a gesture of, of goodwill or, you know, we know that this is taking a while. Here's a little something for you guys to see. They sent a 13 minute video preview, which I think was the same one that they showed at the MCM, the, the comic con that they announced that they were splitting it into two movies. Yeah, I Um, think so. But so what, 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 uh, do you want to describe what that 13 minutes was, Chris, and kind of what struck you the most about it? Yeah, it was 50, 50 starting with the first movie. And then the second half was on the second movie. Um, and they dealt with, uh, broadly the first one about Ghostbusters one dealt with, uh, the effects, uh, for the, uh, the proton stream. And they talked a bit about sound design for the packs. Um, I remember, you know, I, I focused a lot on the packs. I know they went on to talk briefly about some other stuff, but <clears throat> they talked to the designers and the sound guys. And um, yeah, yeah. And then they, um, the second one dealt mostly with the slime. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, stuff we'd seen before, like um, talking about the story about the footage outside the museum when right. they crawled out of the sewer was scratched or whatever, and they had to go back and reshoot it all again, and it was freezing in New York. And, and, and the story three of them had to climb into that very small, uh, whatever it was, like maintenance well, yeah, shaft maintenance. that was not made yeah, for three exactly. people. Yeah. Uh, and I know we've heard that one a few times, so I can see why you know somebody out there is kind of like, "Well, we've heard it all before." They, for example, had uh, footage from the ILM lot where they had eight uh, cement 
you know, those, uh, the little cement the, mixers, the not mixers, the truck-sized yeah. ones, but the mixers, yeah. the ground mixers, eight of those going, mixing up pink methyl cellulose for use in the, like they'd looked at a bit like the tunnel, uh, the sub, the, the pneumatic subway bit and shooting that they had footage of, uh, a great shot of, uh, uh, when uh, Winston gets dragged in, and you, you hear Ivan Reitman's halfway through. Now hold it for a minute, but Dan's already leaping <laughs> in behind them. Jump like, in, uh, yeah, to the crash mats <laughs> that are there for the stunt jump. Yeah, it's yeah. um. So the thing, like the mixing and all that, like that was just a taste. Both halves had a an interesting uh, array of behind the scenes photos, uh, behind the scenes, uh, video where they could get some of it, uh, paired up with guy. And this is the thing, like whoever said, you know, what new can there be? Let's go back to the bit where they talked to over 70 people who worked right. on this movie. Yeah. There is going to be somebody, you know, not somebody, there's going to be dozens and dozens four score and on and on of people that like, if you think I saw, I've seen Ivan Reitman talk about it a million times. What else is there to know? Yeah. Did you hear from the sound designers? Did you hear from the the Wranglers? Like, and (laughs) you've you've heard from the sound designers, like in the various articles that have been posted up online. And we know that the Ecto one came from like a leopard snarl and things like that. But just like these little, you've never heard it from their actual mouths. You haven't heard the entire stories. Um, and th- there are new stories in there like, Oh God, I didn't know that. Like that's, that's yeah. the best part about it is after 30 some years, there are things we do not know. So, and, and not all of it is about the making of the movie. Some of it is just about the people and their experience working on the movie. So, right. Yeah. I mean, this is the bonanza, like every DVD we've gotten to this point, the, the MST three K commentary on the DVD, the Blu-rays that came out in their extras, add in the visual history, add in all the magazine articles we've had, like from Cinefx and American Cinematographer and all that. And there's still a yeah. huge amount we don't know. And these two movies are gonna fill in a giant chunk of fill, info. And the crazy thing is they're gonna fill in a giant chunk of info, but they're not going to fill it like it's not going to be the entire, it's there's still, still things we don't know. <laughs> so for somebody so, going, what do we know? It's like, yeah. we literally have maybe scratched within 5%. And yeah. these movies are going to throw in another 35%. And <laughs> there's still going to be this giant chunk. That's just, yeah. And then we may never know, like, cause you know, we'd like to think that in an age of instant gratification and search on YouTube. And there it is that we can see every bit we won't like I'm still cobbling together from whenever call sheets show up at prop shops and all that, you know, maybe 10% of the filming timeline of the first movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like filming timeline and things that, you know, you know, yeah, you and I have (laughs) talked about stuff too, where, you know, there's just these little odds and ends that are, it's, it's such minutia that anybody else would be like, great, who cares? But again, you're listening to, this is episode 80, I think we're on 88 or 89 of a Ghostbusters themed podcast. That's an hour and an hour and a half uh, length. And every time there's so much to talk about that. These are the details that we love to pour over. So yeah. uh, all of this is a very roundabout way of saying support these documentaries. I know it has been a very long wait and I know people have had to be very patient with them and, and, and Anthony and Claire, I know have, because they have real life jobs and they're having to work on the side and they're moonlighting, trying to put this thing together. Uh, I know that they have, they've really poured their hearts and their souls into this thing. Um, and even though it has been 
so many years and, and especially when you start asking for crowdfunding, which they're still doing because again, look, it's eight plus years. They need money to keep this thing going. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, they it's, don't, they're not, they're not saying they need it. They've done that thing where they go, if, if, if you wanted to get your name in the credits or whatever, it's not too late. Please yeah, think about it. Yeah. I, but you know, it's, it's again, going, going toward the actual film because, you know, uh, the people that are are working on the film, they are uh, paid professionals. They're employees. Yeah. They're people that are cutting and people that are doing graphic design and scoring and all sorts of stuff. So, you it's, know, and uh, it's paying. It's paying off. If anybody's like, it's it's worth at least throwing in the twenty bucks. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, this so, thing is. Um, and not only that, had you put your money in early, you'd have seen the 13 minutes. <laughs> That's so true. There. You'd be seeing the 13 minutes that we're talking about right now, which hopefully a lot of you have seen. But if not, go contribute to their their uh, crowd. I think you, you have to go to their Facebook page now. So search for Cleaning Up the Town. And I think it's like a GoFundMe uh, that they've set up. But go check them out. Uh, contribute to it. They have said that now the release date has been pushed to the spring, um, at least for the first film. So... Um, yeah. it's spring uh, for the first fall for the second, we think. Yeah. And, and for good reasons. So, um, so check that out, clean up the town. Um, let's talk about, Oh, there was that article, the cosplay article that Paul Feig tweeted out. Did you get a chance to read that one, Chris? Uh, a little bit from the Utah's, uh, comic-con whatever that one yeah yeah it was it was uh, a subsidiary of the usa today called the spectrum that that was an article about how uh ghostbusters cosplayers have formed this bond between each other and they've become a family and you know i i I went to the article expecting to read about the the great franchises that I know out there uh, do great work every every single day, and they all get together and they go do events and and they hang out as friends. But what I was not expecting was this is about this is the new generation. This is the next generation of ghost heads out there. Um, you know, it was written from the perspective of a a female journalist who went to a comic con uh, dressed male as, journalist. Oh, it was a male journalist. Because they talk about he went on oh, the second day dressed as Kevin. That's right. He was dressed as Kevin. And he's in one of the photos. That's right. I forgot. Um, so, but, so at any rate, so yeah, dressed, dressed as a Ghostbusters Answer the Call character, showed up to the Comic-Con, uh, made friends with other Ghostbusters Answer the Call uh, cosplayers, and, and they've become fast friends. Now, I mean, again... We're all we're all Ghostbusters fans. There's no, I'm not drawing a line in the sand here, but I did find it very fascinating that this is it's like watching things happen again. <laughs> you know, yeah. all of this all of this has happened before and it will happen yeah. again. Um, cuz this is this is what, you know, uh this is how I met people out there online. Like I loved Ghostbusters. I I hopped onto Bill Amkow's site and we started uh, posting on a message board and there you go. Yeah, uh, it's the same thing happening anew some 15, 20 years later here, which is it's nice to hear. I love seeing that. And I hope that yeah. I hope that those people feel like they are a welcome part of the bigger family, too. If you're out there and you are an answer the call cosplayer or fan or you're a, you're just a Holtzman fan, which I know there are a lot of you out there. Hi, hope you're listening because we love Holtzman too. Uh, but you, you guys are you're a part of the bigger thing here. It's it's all one big it's all one you're big new, no you're ghost a new logo part of of the old thing because this is like you and I have been in it long enough that we remember the early days, uh, very guy heavy. Oh, oh but then yeah. The, the yeah. franchises and the fandom built up in numbers enough that we began to see 
uh, more and more girlfriends and wives would join in and all that. And then, uh, that opened the doors for, uh, uh, women, uh, as well as men outside the circle to, of friends to start joining the groups. Then we saw that when the new movie came out, that those women and some of the men in those groups adopted the new movie and started uh, right. adopting yeah. the uniforms and what this article uh, characterized was and we saw this a bit with that last wave of uh, you know end of the summer conventions uh, Dragon Con and all these places where you know you could have a picture with uh, sort of like the slave Leah group shots they had they had Holtzman group shots <laughs> what we're seeing now is this wave of groups forming franchises for 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 you know because the word's already there and in use sure yeah uh, fan clubs franchises forming uh, uh, mostly women wanting to cosplay for the new movie like it's yeah so I mean, uh, again. Uh, it's it's doing exactly what it was supposed to, which was you know inspire new people to you know come play around in yeah. this growing universe. And it is it's a lot of fun to to both observe and participate in because you know I love I love watching. There's a thread on GB fans and I th- I think also on the RPF, but of people that are trying to accurately you know screen accurately recreate all of Holtzman's costumes from start to finish. <laughs> they want to have all of the lab coats, all the t-shirts, all the pants, all the. <laughs> And it's and it it's like the LL Bean jacket that that Vankman wears. It's that exact same conversation. Yeah, and it's hilarious because Holtzman changes. They all change clothes way more than the the bros do in the the original movies. But uh, oh, holy heck, Holtzman yeah. is especially when you start pulling in some of the deleted scenes, like there's a couple of deleted scenes where she's in an entirely different. Right. Outfit. Yeah. Where she's, uh, even in the extended version, when she's reading the newspaper, she's in that different, like uh, tank top and overall thing. And everybody's exactly. looking for that. So, um, but so there's, there's that, uh, aspect of it, which I love to observe. The other aspect that I love is all of the proton packs that are being made from the 2016 model that, you know, because we're so we're spoiled now because all of the great fans have poured over every detail and taken laser measurements of everything, and we now have casts of end filters from the actual uh, screen used Vankman pack that now everybody can cast, and we can put that frame accurate, uh, screen accurate proton pack together. All of the proton packs for 2016 kind of resemble the proton packs that I remember seeing, you know, like in 1995, 1996, like some of this, the, the synchrotrons are a little too big and some of the, um, like the, the wands look like they've been made out of like Legos and, uh, <laughs> and like film canisters and, and things like that. It's, it's a lot of fun yeah. because it's, again, it's, it's all sort of cyclical. It's things that we've seen happen before. What I thought was hilarious, and I forgot to bring this up with, uh, oh, what's his name? Ryan at the Ghostbusters British Columbia. What's his name again? Can't oh, remember. that guy. Yeah, that guy. That guy. Hi, Ryan. I was going to bring it up with him and uh, with Todd uh, uh, because I saw somebody building their uh, answer to the call thrower. And they had wonderfully created this light element on the end 
that's not part of the thrower. It's the the effects. Oh, the reference the, light like thing. The halogen light thing. They actually yes. did that. Oh my god, that's so that cool. leaked out. Remember, it leaked out right. in a, a couple of press shots, and it wasn't supposed to. And it was the bane of the effects team because uh, that was there for them to reference and yeah. to fill with natural light in the shot. And obviously, somebody one of the reference shots they had that, and they go. <laughs> Awesome, and they've built a beautiful <laughs> trap that's got a little extra to it that's not supposed to be. Oh, there. that's funny. That's really funny. But so, so I'm pretty sure yeah. he's going to drag that off to a convention. It's going to start some conversations. Ultimately, it'll hit the web. More yeah, debate, well, and, and, and it'll come have, up. Yeah, it's got the interactive light. So if you need to digitally alter their yeah. photos, it's ready to go. Totally it's fine. not wrong per se. No. It's just hilarious that it, again, this thing that the world was never supposed to see did leak out and not only that has now started to perpetuate itself right. into the real yeah. world yeah exactly so uh, uh yeah hey by the way ryan you never call you never write what's going on buddy i miss you <laughs> i uh, hear he's almost poached by the yes have some podcast oh uh, that guy that guy that's fine we haven't done a cyclotron in like 10 years so uh, i know i actually i know what ryan's terrible. up to he's very busy i'm i'm sure that that poor guy ryan, he, he lives no, his job not that poor. don't pity him i do he has the he's job we all wish we, he, we had the, also true very true that guy is working on stuff that ugh. so he's not listening to this right now that so we can say whatever we want ever we wanted Hey, welcome back. Oh, that was a great edit point. I'm so glad we cut that out about poor Ryan. I just thought (laughs) I would feel terrible if we left that in. Uh, Hey, so let's do some merch news, and then we have a a shout-out to the Windy City Ghostbusters that I want to do. So quick merch news. Did you see the the candy striper, candy stripper? It says stripper, but I think it's candy striper. They put two Ps on it, and it kind of threw me for a loop. Uh, Um, I think that is how you spell it, though, isn't it? Candy striper, candy stripper. Candy striper is spelled candy stripper. I think it's it's always confused really? me. Yeah. Well, either way, I mean it's it's attractive. But <laughs> that uh, said, that said, it's Japan, and they've never Japan. been careful about yeah. their transliteration <laughs> uh, of English. So so, so uh, Japan has this uh, custom sort of uh, haute couture boutique, boutique whatever yeah. uh, clothing line of Ghostbuster stuff, uh, specifically geared towards women. Uh, and they're, they're awesome. I mean, it's, it's like uh, cute dresses and, and a lot of cool Ghostbusters themed stuff that you could probably wear in your everyday yeah. life. Like very, like her universe, uh, type, uh, clothing that's out there, but Japan you know, only, those, unfortunately. Those big hangy sweaters that, that you need a belt. That yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. That, that kind of, I mean, again, it's sort of like a nerd casual wear. Uh, yeah. so to speak. So, uh, uh, very cool stuff. Those are great. Um, cryptozoic sent out an update that we didn't talk about a couple weeks ago, uh, to all of the backers for the ghostbusters to the board game, uh, Kickstarter. Yes. Uh, we did not talk about the figures. They, they sent out photos of the, um, the factory, uh, prototypes, production line, sort of like whatever the proofs are that they get back from the, the factory for what's going to be sent to everybody. And they look awesome like the extreme ghostbusters figures look really great the statue of liberty figure looks great i'm kind of regretting not having like a cheat sheet of what i ordered anymore i don't know (laughs) what i'm going to be getting i hope i get all of those figures that they keep showing it's not on the the if you log into your kickstarter account it doesn't tell you because the the problem is that there's all of the the bonus uh whatever it was the stretch goals 
And I think the extreme Ghostbusters win that, but the Statue of Liberty was not. I don't know. Yeah. I need a guide. I don't know what I'm going to get. It's going to be like Christmas when I get it. I'll be like, oh, that's right. I get this too. Cool. It's much easier for me because I'm getting nothing. So, what? You didn't order it? Did oh, I ordered about it. This? I ordered it. Um, yeah. So, oh, all right. let's just say a credit card expired and uh, no email was sent out to me. Ooh. <laughs> so. Oh, that's not good. Womp womp. Hey, Mateo, uh, Cryptozoic guys, hook, hook Chris up. That's, that's actually, no sad. no need to, because as it turns out, it's uh, fairly well distributed. The first one was fairly well distributed into stores. Well, that's true. I'm sure it'll, it'll and, show up in good uh, game shops. Yeah. Extras ended up at ThinkGeek for 40 bucks. So at the end of the day, I, I am going to end up missing out on a lot of the, the yeah, like cool the stretch extras goals and all and that. The, the backer. That, yeah. that sucks. Uh, um, hey, well, uh, speaking of thinking, did you see that, that, uh, the mug, the trap mug that we talked uh, about is up on thinking the world's most awkward mug, the world's, it's a square mug, which for those of you that <laughs> listen to the podcast, you know, we discussed the physics of that and how that doesn't really lend itself to drinking hot no. beverages. Drink uh, out of the corner kids. So that's why I think that it's probably 50% off right now. I don't think that this is a particular item that struck a chord with people, but if you did want to purchase it, if that's something that has piqued your interest and you really want that mug, it's 50% off now on thinking. So your yes. patience has been rewarded or your procrastination. 50% whatever it off. I may add it to my, sits on a shelf it's i think it's it's a good sort of like pen and pencil holder at 50 percent off so that's that's why i bring it up so go hit up thinkgeek.com i think it's like six bucks now it's it's kind of a ridiculous price so it's uh do it you want to go get it because maybe it won't last at that price i also got an email the uh cryptozoics ghostbusters meeples are about to come out oh so uh, your pre-order is about to come to fruition. Oh, man. The, the meeples were on the block along with a few other items. Remember like the egg Slimer egg timer and the stuff like timer, that? I that. saw some people have been posting uh, photos. They have their um, oven mitts, like the oven mitts have started That's hitting right. shelves or coming out to pre-order people. Uh, I don't know if they got them from stores or if there were people that ordered them through like uh, Entertainment Earth or something. But uh, so, Yeah, I don't know. Cryptozoic yeah. sent out their... Uh, um, yeah, the it's it's coming. The meeples look really really cool. Like they come in an ecto shaped tin. Um, I didn't know that meeples were a thing. Like meeples are the little human shaped wooden figures, and apparently they became a standard piece used in European board games like oh, ten fifteen years ago. Okay. And then we became familiar with them over here when they showed up in like uh, Carcassonne when Carcassonne emigrated as a board game over here right right and then it started again because it's a standardized piece it started showing up in other games and then it got a name sort of like lego named their little guys minifigs these are meeples and they apparently became a a collectible thing now people paint them up like you can buy them like there's marvel superhero meeples and all this and i'm like i don't Okay. Yeah. Well, there's also the 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 import from Japan that's like the they look like the little pigs in blankets, like those figures, and it's like all of the Disney characters, uh, all of the Star Wars characters. I, I, I'm blanking out what yeah. they're called right now too, but oh, the the, the uh, yum yums or the yeah yeah or the 
Numni, something like that. Yeah, but anyway, again, a, yeah. a thing that I didn't know was a thing until I saw like an entire shelf at a store dedicated. To it. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you guys are like Beanie Babies now. So, uh, so yeah, so Meeple's coming. Uh, Cryptozoic stuff, uh, always awesome. Love the Cryptozoic people. So, uh, you know, keep. keep uh, we do have Toy Fair coming right around the corner here in February. So I would imagine we're going to get some new announcements from. Cryptozoic and Funko and Mattel and all of the the licensees that we know still have the Ghostbusters license. So uh, make sure that you're following those guys on Twitter. Um, all right, one one more news item. We're running long, so we're gonna do this. The Windy City Ghostbusters. Uh, this I I have to sh- throw a shout out to this event because it sounds like so much fun. They're throwing Slime Palooza in Chicago on March 11th. Slime Palooza. And there's a good reason because it's completely based around when they dye the uh, Chicago River green for St. Patrick's Day. For St. Patrick's Day. Total. I, it's such a, a clever idea. Uh, Windy City Ghostbusters, guys, a hat tip to you because this is something that I should have happened years ago if it hasn't already. I mean, I'm sorry if I haven't caught on to this before. But so at any rate, uh, Slime Palooza, March 11th, there's going to be a Ghostbusters themed burlesque show, there's going to be Ghostbusters trivia. Um, and then, of course, they're going to dump a lot of food coloring into a river and turn it into a river of slime, which a uh, great photo op for any Ghostbusters fan out there. So if you are close to, sh- the, to the Chicago area, if you're uh, even within driving distance, go check this out. Um, I don't know. I think go hit up the Windy City Ghostbusters Facebook page. I'm, I'm not quite sure what their website address is off the top of my head, but uh uh, just, I posted it. It's pinned at the top of the uh, Proton Charging Oh, nice. Facebook okay, page. so if, if you can't find the Windy City Ghostbusters, even though this should be readily findable uh, on, on the Facebooks, but yeah. hit Proton Charging as well. But the, the event is there, yeah. Yeah, all the details that you need, all the times and dates and stuff are, are up there. So uh, check it out and make sure you take lots of photos and send them back to us here at the CrossRip uh, <laughs> so we can live vicariously through you guys. All right, so you and I fly to to. to Boston, and then we drive to Washington D.C. for the escape room, and then we go to New York. Then we go to New York, and then when we started talking about this last time, we got a, an invitation to Atlanta, so we can go to Atlanta. Yeah, we'll just do. It'll be uh It'll be the Griswold family vacation. We'll just hop in the family truckster. We'll do a loop. We'll hit Florida. We'll go down to Universal Studios. Uh, we'll just, oh, yeah, we'll keep driving. We'll go down to Mexico. We'll go down to uh, La Ventura Laser. It'll be great. Oh, yeah. Don't yeah. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Prince is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just wanna get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702 GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. It was a, a good, good tight hour. Good, strong, tight. Oh god, it's we're at an hour and fifteen minutes. All right, it was not 
a tight hour, but uh, we did all it's right. It's my fault. I got to talk good. about home decoration. <laughs> well, and we, you know, we, we deviated. We started talking about how I don't know any of the Terminator movies past the second one, apparently. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, again, a light week, uh, but good because there's still a lot of good stuff to talk about. I'm sure, especially after these IDW issues come out, we're going to really dissect those. Oh, and we're, yeah. we're going to pour over every page of those. So make sure you t- tune into that. But uh, maybe we can uh, get Mr. Ryan Dole in for that. We are. We're going to do a cyclotron, I, yeah. especially for for 101 for the annual in 101. We are definitely going to have a cyclotron, and my definitely. There's a. I have a dream, Chris. My dream cyclotron <laughs> okay. is some way somehow we're going to make the schedule uh, demons uh, adhere to our will for once, and we're going to have Dapper Dan Shoning, Eric Burnham, maybe Louis Delgado, maybe Tom Waltz, you and I. And Mr. Michael Tanaka, that's this is this is what I, it'll I have be a this. cacophony. It'll be a cacophony. We will have eight people, five, six, seven people <laughs> on a cyclotron. Wow, I actually hear you using your fingers yep. on that one. Yep. <laughs> I was like, wait, how many people did I mention? I think that's seven. I think that's seven. Wait, and then including me, carry the one. Anyway. Eight, ten people, twelve people ah, on a cyclotron. Ah, 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 ah. No, eleven I, I, Ghostbusters fans. Ah, ah, ah. It's uh, the cyclotrons became very, very difficult. I mean, roundtables are a lot of fun, and I love doing them. But uh, there have been many scheduling things to, to the point where poor Chris has been strung along with me recording this particular podcast. I'm like, all right, we're gonna record tonight. Just kidding, we're not gonna record tonight. How about tomorrow? Just kidding. How about later? <laughs> tonight just kidding how about saturday the funny part is you you keep saying that as if you were, it was a bad thing for me and i'm like every time you're like how about this time i'm like still sitting in my basin painting things so sure you've been painting that's this fine. whole time that's why we talk about an hour it. later i'll still be in my basement waiting yeah one of that's them their uh miter wrenches i like miter wrench <laughs> You got a miter saw? Miter saw? <laughs> yes, I'm staring at my miter saw right you now. Got the, my compound miter saw. My 10-inch compound miter saw. You got the wood glue? I like wood glue. You got wood glue? I the funny part is I'm actually staring at a bottle of Gorilla wood glue. Did you want to name other things? Because I'm, I'm probably the, staring at one of them got, right you now. You got wooden dowels? How about wooden dowels? No, no I have no, no wooden no, dowels. No, no dowels. All right. Uh, but hey, do you have final thoughts? How about final thoughts? Yeah, I got my box at Cryptozoic minifigures. Oh, oh, because the the comic shop that you frequent went out of business. That's they're the, done. No, no, actually, I, I we gotta put the pay to this. They didn't go out of business. He shut down. Oh, okay, um, all right. So shut shut the shut the storefront down. But okay, got it. Yeah, it wasn't like like he could have kept going. It's just that something either just one hundred percent he got tired of it with the change in his life. Or, like I think I mentioned before, it's a block that's ripe for gentrification. Something was coming down the line that was either going to jack things, like just change things, and he didn't want to deal with it. So, like I said, it's not that they were failing and he was punching out, because as it is, he took a lot of his stock home to continue selling online and all that. So, But this is not where the Cryptozoic figures came from then? No, the Cryptozoic figures came in in that they announced it the beginning of January, and they said basically... 
the next week would be the the last full week of orders coming in and then there would be some trickle orders coming in one of the well two of the trickle orders one is the fifth wave of the diamond select ghostbusters he's like i think i got those coming in and i'm like all right well just call me when they come in and i'll pick them up off you this will be well after the place is closed because it closes this saturday officially um but the other one is yeah the box of cryptozoic figures and uh uh, he said, I got two of them coming in. I said, I will happily take one. And I came in this week and picked it up. And just this evening, finally got a chance to crack them open. Oh, nice. Lots and of doubles, are, no doubles. Uh, it turned out I got a full set of everything. And then I ended up with doubles of the four guys, Stay Puft, Slimer, and the Ecto, and one extra Slimer. Oh, and man. so I think I may actually sell the extras like on eBay or something as a set because that's not a random it's not like one of the Scolari brothers and the Ecto and half the team or yeah, anything like that. It's that's like a good, it's good set. It's, good collection. It's the core. It's yeah. the four guys, their car and two of the principal monsters. I'm like, that's a solid set of figures. So I think I'll bundle them up for people who are like kind of interested in them, but not going to go crazy for them. I think that'll be a, a yeah, pretty good, good idea. Uh, pretty good maybe buy it now or something but uh they are beautiful looking figures they're I, really amazing yeah, looking. i like the style of them i mean they're very caricaturized uh very caricaturized like the, but very well ghost is pretty cool yeah like the eyes have the little black pac-man pupils to them and they're they're precision placed like they're the for example the dots aren't that big to begin with and they are perfectly crisp and they're perfectly aligned where they're supposed to go and like it's just there's something about the way that like, the the detail on the figures is really nice um yeah this really great stuff right down to the the monsters like they yeah uh yeah. alice the library ghost and uh gozer like gozer is crouched gozer, the like she dogs. Is, yeah like she is on the stairs before she uh, when she's menacing them she's in a crouch position yeah uh that's again the one sad part is a double of like instead of a second slime or a second terror dog might have been nice but uh, uh yeah, that's a bummer but i love the i mean the, the ghostbusters yeah. 2 janine kind of looks like daria to me which i i really like that <laughs> that yeah. uh, that style of figure too so well it's funny because they modeled the guys after dan's art quite a bit but then they kind of use that as a stepping off to do their own so Dan hasn't really done much with, say, the possessed Dana. So they did their own, and it really actually comes off well because they're not trying to make Sigourney Weaver. They're trying yeah, to make a yeah. caricature, and she's it, good. It and comes she's off. Like, she's throwing her leg out there too. She's, you know, yeah, it's it's, cool. it comes off really, really nicely. They're they're quite. Be- I don't know what they're selling the packages for individually. Uh, and somebody asked, and I checked. There's no there's no stamp on them like the the. <laughs> The Mattel Ecto Mini. There's, so no, there's way no way of, to tell of figuring what's out what's in the blind bag. Yeah. Although the squarest, heaviest one is in fact the Ecto, so oh, that's so nice. that helps. Yeah. Um, well, that's yeah. cool, man. All right, well, they're floating. Uh, they're in their own little plastic. They have these plastic half shells around them, which partially protect them and kind of masks what they are too. So yeah, they want to make sure was, that you you actually have a blind bag experience with it, which is kind of yeah. nice. Yeah, I had a really fantastic week like for stuff like it was one of those weeks where a bunch of stuff that i had thrown out there over the last couple of weeks all arrived one after the other in about three days so i got my hover ship 
uh, cap, the Zool cap. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. We talked about that last uh, week. Yeah. They threw a shirt in for me, which is great because nice. on the, the, the breast, it's the Zool with the, the head. But on the side, it's a terror dog, a full terror dog still screened oh, on the that's side. That's cool. Um, some stickers. So there's a Zool uh, sticker on my car now, right underneath my nuclear heart uh, sticker. Um, a whole crap load of books, like little plastic stands for books for the shelves. Oh, like for man. Display it's, shelves. Like a, it's like a swag filled. Uh, so you just it, it, Amazon yeah, is delivering heads, lots of good stuff to you this week, it sounds not like. Not even just Amazon. Uh, my Ghost Heads uh, DVD and the patch showed up this week. Oh, nice. Um, Excellent. Yeah, so it was just a real, real, uh, real uh, non Ghostbusters related, too. I, I bought it myself a shirt punch. Uh, of um, it was the Tim Burton's sandworm from Beetlejuice <laughs> doing the nice. Ouroboros infinity symbol oh. where it's eating its own tail. Eating its own tail, yeah. And that was a special that again, Facebook advertising works apparently because it popped up in front of me and I was like, "That's a great shirt." And they're like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, oh, for fifteen bucks, and we'll throw in a tiny notebook that's made to look like the uh, handbook for the recently deceased." I'm like, "I'm in." Sold. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Uh, so you, that's, good thing you have the space for it, man. Yeah, like, good thing you've got now, those shelves going up because you gotta you gotta store all this stuff somewhere. I know. So Get that ready. was that's my my final thoughts. Was it was a great week for that. Uh, just uh, one last thing to go out on. Talking about earlier how there's still stuff to discover. I posted that picture of the hovership logo, and somebody went, "Yeah, but that's Vince's head." And I, I'm looking at it going, oh, yeah, they're right. It's the long horns. And then I'm like, but no, it's doing the, the roar. And I went and checked the fridge when the fridge opens on her and it goes Zool. If you look at the shots, it's not the stubby horns. For some oh. reason, it's longer, sharper horns. Well, knowing, so yeah, after- <laughs> knowing that that was a last minute addition to the movie. Oh, I, interesting. They, yeah. After all these years, it never occurred to me that. Yeah, why was Vince in the fridge yelling Zool at her? Uh, uh, maybe Vince Vince is looking for Zool. That's that's the. <laughs> but of course, in 1984, uh, a movie production uh, reality, uh, as you say, it was kind of a last minute. Uh, it was a very quick shot. It may have been the only model they had. Like, because remember, we don't get to see it. It's kind of shadowy yeah. and the light With coming the through, the mouth. Light through the mouth yeah uh, they i think they just started grab it do it quick nobody will notice it's not like they're committing it to high resolution optical yeah. disc in the future no it'll never be in 4k but that's I... what it is it's doing that zool ah, mouth and I'm like what? Oh, that's, that's funny. And that turns out what it is i was like they're technically not wrong yeah, they actually the have the right people are okay yeah. they have the right headshot it's just we've oh, never funny. thought about it much so but again all those little things that you notice man that's that's the beauty of it that's it's why great. we keep coming back to it yeah it means it's never this show will never end <laughs> it never will and uh but again thank you so much for tuning in every week uh we know that you know it's listening to two people talking you don't get to chime in uh it, it can be frustrating so make sure that you call that voicemail we want to hear you guys' voices we can't do this without you so please continue supporting the podcast please continue leaving voicemails we we do get them uh, the show ran long again we're not going to get to any of them but uh next week next week we will run voicemails so make sure that you call that number so until next week for chris stewart and myself we'll see you guys on the other side Ow!
Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. You could be one of my two favorite shows. You're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. It's a fishing show. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to love it. Next week, though, Careless Pets. Weird. Cannonball.